check. Rick, just give me a big check, check. Check one. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, hey, hey, yourself there, buddy. I'll tell you what's hey, up. Dawn. It's uh, Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, joined by my illustrious co-host, fresh out of Staten Island, New York, Rick Habib. How you doing, sir? How's it going there, Big William? Uh, doing very doing good. Right. Almost called me by my full government name there. I might have to have Tom uh, edit it out, man. Um, uh, welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast this evening. We got a great interview, some recommendos, uh, all sorts of other thing. I had to bring Rick in. Rick, you look great in that afterbirth hat that you got there. Oh, yeah, that's a coincidence, right? It just came in the mail yesterday. Uh, it's beautiful. It's uh, We're going to have to look into, uh, you know, talk a little... Uh, Behind the scenes here, we're gonna have to look into this kind of hat uh, for our for our own uh, for our other little project there. For which Ricky Orr, maybe. I was gonna say it's, which one, uh, <laughs> which uh, which one yeah, of the other projects. Right. It's this uh, flex fit uh, hat there. So I, I got the stickers. So we gotta order hats, man. Yeah, they came out really nice, by the way. Look at my gray hair, but yeah, they came out really nice. That's nice the pop logo. old logo, which um, yeah. very old. Like that's the very old, old, old the OG demo uh, logo. rehearsal demo logo. Yeah, after birth, and um, the flex. I feel like there's something about the flex fit hats that is like more brutal death metal, man. I remember that from back yeah. in the day, man. Like the the flat brims are a thing, but like that's yeah, how you really nice and curved. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the '90s right there. Is the the sweet curve uh, of the brim? Sure. A guy who kept a very sweet curve to his brim when I saw him this weekend. You know, you already know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, I said he looked like, he looked like, he looked like the, maybe like the kid from Jurassic Park, like the little boy, like, like he looked like the stereotypical 90s little kid playing a Game Boy. <laughs> wearing a, Not that he had a Game Boy. He had like this flannel shirt and this, and like this curved rim baseball cap. It was right out of uh, casting, central casting. Shout out to Fergus, a.k.a. Sal from Buckshot Facelift, man. We saw him over uh, the weekend. Plenty. Plenty of Sal this past weekend, man. Yeah, he he did the cinematography uh, <laughs> for the Reeking Aura live set there at Amityville. Some people may have seen. Um, there was there was a whole lot of me up on stage there. A couple other guys. Yeah, tonight. he he uh, you know he took the show from the side of the stage, you know, like normal uh, video videographers do when they say they're gonna film a show, they go to immediately run to the. To behind the amps to film the show because that usually sounds yeah. best. He was know? worried. He was worried about getting up front because he was worried he might get those happy feet, man, or as as, they, right. as he calls them, mastic Shirley feet. I've seen yeah, Sal. We don't know where they go, dude. I years ago I could talk about it now. I took Sal out. We we went to see Unearthly Trance. Uh, shout to mm. Ryan and, and all the guys. Um, years I was ago, there, right? There's, was there? I, well, that was the one that did. It, it, it ended badly. I mean, there's other stuff. Oh, that was that one. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It yeah. was like the first note of Unearthly Trance, who, for the listeners, if you don't know, were a very slow, methodical doom band. And Sal busted out with like a windmill kick, like it was indecision at a VFW hall, 1995 style. Like, clapped his hands and windmill kick <laughs> and kick, kicked a beer out of some poor kid's hand. It, yeah, it was crazy, man. Um, so I, maybe yeah. he's just trying to stay away from the from the pit. I gotta respect him on that. Uh, but right. but all seriousness, um, you know, like we said last week, uh, we were coming hot off of that uh, uh, Amityville musical, Reeking Aura record release matinee show. Shout out to Doom Creeper, opening it up with Style, Cavern Womb, and Ninth Realm. Uh, not trying to beat it to death. I had Sam on last week. You guys are all uh, uh, all my co-hosts now. If the, the the deal is, if you're in a band with me, you got to co-host the podcast at some point. 
Hey, yeah, that's part of the deal. That's cool. I signed up for it. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, you know what yeah. you signed up for. But yeah, yeah so that, exactly. that that was a beautiful experience. Sam and I talked about it, but we didn't have the behind the scenes experience you had at the Gray Skies Fall at the second round of that mm. marathon. You and Tom participated in a two show marathon. How was that? That was uh, that was great, and that's when Sal showed up to, to business. Sal showed up, not not casual. Uh, you know, I'm going to film a show from the side of the stage. Business, down to business. Sal showed up, and uh, it was good, man. He played well. Everyone played well. There was a little drumstick that fell out of his hand, maybe for a couple <laughs> seconds, and allegedly. I thought he was going to stop. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. And, I, and I was standing there playing, singing at the same time, and I thought he was going to stop playing the song, and I was like, "What the fuck am I going to do?" <laughs> but luckily, he rebounded you know he's a professional he's i what i don't know but he's a professional uh, i'm gonna wait till uh big shout to frank uh frank wang i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait till frank gets it out there on the instant replay all right watch for the video oh, yeah all right we'll see <laughs> we'll see man uh but yeah big yes. shout to say i enjoyed the gray skies full and set um great thank the, you uh those oceans of slumber right i thought that was a good pairing for you guys yeah yeah it was a good evening man uh turned out really well we uh yeah the only three bands that night. The opening band um, was really good, too. Yeah, the opening band, uh, Solemn Vision. Shout out to Aaron. Solemn Vision. They were really good, yeah. man. Yeah. It was an awesome night. And, uh, yeah, we we hung out. We jammed. I was, I'm was i an old man now, so it was a little tough on the on the body after 14 hours and then another few in the car. You know, it, was, it, was, it took a couple of days to recover. Okay. Okay. I now I I gotta ask Amityville Musical Saint Vitus in in one day. Um, what was the what was the best food you had? Uh, where where were you eating? Where were you and Tom munching out? Well, right after uh, the uh, Amityville show, we had a little bit of time and we went to a diner in Amityville. Um, nice. I leave as soon as we got there. As soon as we got there. It brought evoked visions of uh, memories of a buckshot show we mm -hmm. played at AMH, and we went to the same diner because I remember parking. It was like under a train trestle, and the diner food was was all right. It was it was you know, I was a little. We, me and Tom looked at each other. Terrell was there. Shout out to Terrell also. He enjoyed some diner food, but we were kind of a little you know, a little a little upset by it. But uh, we we moved on. I think I had a turkey club, some mozzarella sticks. Tom had uh, mozzarella sticks and something else. You know, it was something, it was beautiful. But uh, and then we went to Vitus, allegedly partook in some some things. It's, and, it's, uh, it's, le it's legal now in New York, Rick. We could just say we're... we're oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, we're, that's true, yeah. We're, we're hitting that, that, that King Kong cherry pineapple kush out here, allegedly. All yeah, right? it was it's all great, great, man. Yeah, everyone except Sal, because he's not allowed. Allegedly, ever. yeah, allegedly. Sal, I like how, how Sal's cinematographer, Sal, how had like the... Um, uh, the '90s kid look with with the with the hat, and everything. But when he showed up to play drums in Gray Skies, he had like the Macklemore haircut. Right, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, <laughs> that was. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were clowning him pretty hard about his hair. Shout out to Sheila, yeah, Sal's wife. Nice. She was nice. Yeah, I was. I was, I was clowning Sal pretty hard, and and she she had his back out there. That's nice, man. They 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 uh, uh they it's a great they, union. Yeah, they came through, man. Listen though, um, uh, that was a great night for us. A great night was one I had also recently, um, where I interviewed uh, someone else who's got a great union going on. 
drummer Vinny from uh, the band Felix from Fargo, North Dakota. I talked to him uh, all about the union he's got going on with his band, um, some of the lyrical influences that go into their new album, as well as other aspects of it. That would be enveloping absurdity on prosthetic records. Uh, I'm going to tell you how it all went down with this guy named Vinny. Now, this is two guys named Vinny in, in a row we're interviewing week to week, so that's why I had to bring you, Rick, just to verify everything. Staten Island stuff. I know a lot of Vinnies in yeah. Staten Island back in the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Vincent. Everyone's name's Vincent, Joseph, Anthony, Christopher. You know how it is. Yeah. Let me call up Vinny from Fargo, North Dakota, all right? Allegedly. <laughs> Check, check, check. All right, and we're rolling, Vinny, so I'm going to give it the little intro and we'll get going, okay, man? Thank you. Cool, man. Um, just, give, just give me a mic check one more time. Yeah. Hey, hey. What's up? All right, I just want to, I think you're coming a little bit good? low there. Okay. Could you talk a little bit more, man, a second? I just want to raise your volume up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. I think we're good now, man. Sounding okay. okay? Yeah, that's better, man. All right, cool. We're, cool. we're, we're good. <clears throat> this is Big Will mm-hmm. from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Vinny Tweeten, drummer of Phobo Felix from Fargo, North Dakota. Did I get that right, sir? Nailed it. Hell yeah. What's <laughs> up, man? Uh, not much, man. Um, pleasure to have you here on the Heavy Hole Podcast. Uh, and as we were talking before, you're you're somewhat familiar with the, the format um, I know a little bit, uh, I got to shout out my research, Devoured Death Zine from Australia, which you guys oh, yeah. were kind enough to, to put some shots of the actual, it's like a print zine, I guess, and you guys um, made it digital for, for, for everybody, that was great. Ken's Death Metal Crypt, uh, and of course Metal Archives. Um, so as, as we get going, um, I, I, might, I might shout a little bit of that stuff, but to, the typical heavy hole question um are you from a musical family, musicians older than yourself and your family, or just anyone in general who steered you into playing any instrument or into hard rock and heavy metal music? Yeah, definitely. Um, my family, I mean, in the Midwest, you know, most families are pretty, like, religious and whatnot. So I, I definitely, like, grew up in a church setting. My dad uh, plays the pipe organ, and he's, like, an incredible multi-instrumentalist and... So it was kind of like put in me and my siblings at a young age that we should like learn instruments and like be a part of that. I never really like played in the church, but I just like from a young age was like picking up instruments and trying to play for better or worse. Mostly like like started with piano and then I was like, man, piano's piano's lame. I want to play the drums and uh, yeah, nothing else really clicked. Tried playing guitar, fucking hated it. Made no sense to my like little brain i just i couldn't couldn't figure it out for the life of me yeah all right man so now growing up in an environment like that was like rock and roll and heavy metal frowned upon or seen as taboo in some way you know um yeah like maybe maybe a bit like i i definitely don't think i'm 
I'm blessed that my, my parents have always been really supportive of music in any fashion, but they definitely don't like really get what we're doing, but they, they're still like, you know, cheerleaders about it. So that's tight. But, uh, <laughs> I definitely like, you know, when I was starting to get into heavier stuff, I also like went to this, uh, almost like all of my cousins, I have like a pretty big family, like extended family. Um, both my siblings graduated from this like local private school, like Christian private school. And I'm, I'm kind of like the black sheep that didn't, didn't quite make it through all of school there. There were some, you know, allegedly there were some problems with me at the school and, uh, for better or worse, I got kicked out and <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit happens. Okay, man. Well, you know, we've heard a lot of stories like that. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm in, in some ways the black sheep of my own family, or my family's the black sheep of a larger family. It's complicated, but Word. we all, we all have a situation like that, I think. Um, and also relating to your background, I know the band is based out of Fargo, North Dakota. Is that where you're from? Yeah, yeah, yep. Born and raised, I've been in like the Fargo Moorhead area all my life. Okay, man. And you know what's funny is that I I hadn't um, when I reached out to Phobophilic to to uh, request an interview, I didn't realize you guys were from Fargo, North Dakota, uh, Dakota at that moment because we just um, recently interviewed Garrett Alvarado from Mall. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Just to be just to be clear with with the listeners, we're not trying to move in on Fargo, North Dakota, but I <laughs> I, I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of because um, it's not necessarily a region everyone associates with death metal um, yet. You know, may, maybe it will be. You know, I don't know. But um, with uh, uh, this kind of like newer generation of death metal becoming more popular, have you seen death metal in general in your region becoming a big thing? I would say maybe, yeah, like the, the, yeah, and the local scene used to be more geared towards like punk and hardcore and it's just, it's kind of moved in a path over the last like, mm, I don't know, maybe like last five or 10 years where some of the bands that were around here, like every band that was playing the shows were kind of like hardcore punk and now it's like we kind of have a, a newer wave of metal in the city too. There's definitely like, like a cool resurgence of it and a lot of support in the area. All right, man. I know you, <clears throat> this is why, you know, I was talking about the research before. I know um, from a, an older interview that you and some of the other members went to high school together or knew each other from when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like we were all so, um, we were all involved in the local like hardcore punk scene. And uh, yeah, I started going to shows around here like when I was like 13 and I met all these guys cause in particular, Josh and Christian uh, in the band, uh, guitar and bass player, they, Josh was in like a metal band when I first started going to shows, you know? So I like, I met those guys real young and we we've been in like a series of bands together over the past like like 10 11 12 years so yeah yeah we've kind of just been like a tight-knit group 
Okay, and I, you know we've heard stories like that in the past, um, and I know bands like that. I know local people who um, we just interviewed a, a young bunch of guys, Raid from here on Long Island. Um, people who kind of play in a band through high school as they grow up together, and then they kind of settle into a sound and, and a, um, a band that they start playing shows with and that sort of thing. Something I think that um, I don't believe it was you who did the interview um, in, in this the, the Australian zine, but uh, something they said is that. Um, you were kind of death metal was kind of like new to you guys as you started the band or in the early stages of the band. So you were really like feeling getting your chops in death metal to begin with, which is understandable considering the age you guys are at. So what I'm really getting at is what were your influences going into it and what sort of a music scene would you say you guys uh, grew up in or were involved in maybe before you settled on this sound? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely like... I, I've like drummed in a number of bands in the area and just kind of like will help people with their projects and stuff. And uh, it's always kind of like a hardcore punk sort of deal, but that's not really like quite my bag. Like even when I was drumming in hardcore and punk bands, like it was a lot of fun, but it was just like, I mostly did that because that's what I could do. You know, that's like what I was familiar with and like who wanted to play, like that's what they wanted to play. But we, even when we were like, uh, I mean, the full Phobophilic unit, like we were in bands together before that were like hardcore punk. And even when we were doing that, there was like a tinge of like metal to it. We were like hardcore kids that loved like death and morbid angel, you know? So we'd like kind of imbue whatever we were playing with a little bit of that type of feel if that makes sense we just didn't really know how to do it super well like when we when we kind of decided like oh let's let's make a death metal band you know we weren't really like let's make a death metal band like this or like that we were kind of just trying to figure out what to do and what our sound should be trying to like hit our stride and it it kind of took a while like we started out in like 2016 in this band um but i would say yeah, like the first couple things we did, they're like fine, but I, I, it's not really what I would like people to associate us with. You know, it's like this album we're about to put out is definitely like, I feel like it's us finding our sound and like honing in on it. And that's uh, enveloping absurdity, right? Yeah, that's right. What label? Uh, prosthetic. Prosthetic Records, that's right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which is, uh, it's, it's a big deal. And I, I, I like it. Like everything you just said, I don't want to jump um, ahead and skip your older material at all, but it, that kind of like leads me right into segue with um, enveloping absurdity, having you guys were kind enough to, to let me preview it. And it sounds like you definitely hit a stride. And, you know, when you say like, you know, you, you were maybe playing for hardcore and punk bands, but that wasn't your big, I hear something a little more technical and a little more depth at work in the composition on this album. You guys really like hit upon something. Um, and, you know, in, through my years, I hear a lot maybe of those like old school European death metal influences coming in that maybe not the not oh, so common sure. ones and things like that. We could get into that. Do you feel that at this yeah. point you guys have reached uh, something of a, a precipice or, you know, like like a, um, a, a, at least maybe like a new era of the band or close the door on an old era of the band? Because this definitely sounds like you've honed in on a sound. Yeah. And honestly, I... I would say maybe in like a few areas we've done that. Cause you know, like uh, musically we've always been trying to like push ourselves and push like the boundaries of what we could play. Like kind of something we've 
we've always done is when we're in the process of writing songs, we kind of write beyond our ability. Like I'll be trying to write these drum parts and I will fucking like be struggling with them so hard. Like <laughs> they'll like kick my ass and I can't really like it's it's a bit out of my uh like out of my skill set but i want to do it and i want to just keep getting better so i just you know i write it like that and then i i either have to figure out how to do it or like i'll fuck up you know so (laughs) so you mentioned before uh morbid angel and some of the more common death metal um influences i'm sure creeping in as you guys are exploring music uh, before you started the band, or maybe at the beginning of this band, um, you know, you said the goal wasn't to sound like any; it was to, to be like a death metal band the way you guys would do it, right? So you're, you're exploring, trying yeah. to find, trying to find your sound. You know what I got here? You, I know you did the undimensional, um, undimensioned entities, excuse me, um, which was Rotted Life and, and Blood Harvest in 2019. That was kind of like your first real studio recording with the band. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I. Still definitely like proud of that, but I think that yeah, the album is definitely like leaps and bounds. Like we've pushed a lot more. It's much better musically, and like I feel like we've kind of shed the uh, the lyrical theme too. Because on that, it was very like you know like Lovecraftian cosmic horror stuff, and on this album, it's more like existentialism, like real world lived experience, like just kind of dark real shit yeah yeah um i joke around uh, on the podcast about the the lovecraft you know, so i i listen to and have in my own collection plenty of bands that have that as their lyrical content um you know but there is no lack of it if that's what you're into for sure right um right and i you know i did write down some some notes here you're Newer uh, lyrical material references, authors, um, if, correct my pronunciation, uh, Albert Camus, um, Jean-Paul uh, Sartre, and, and Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely, like, those are three of the really big ones that I've, like, read a lot of their work and I'm really inspired by. Okay, that's a, there's a lot right there, obviously. Um, I, you know, I've spoken on the podcast before about how I, you know, I, I aspire to be, uh, you know, more well-read, but I'm more of a layman in these type of things. Maybe break down a little bit in the context of what you actually strained through all of that to, 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 to really uh, matter to the band and to this album in particular. Like, maybe just lay out a few themes that you got from those authors. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Um, I guess, so, like... Each, I mean, each song on the album is a little different on what it's touching on. Like, each song in particular kind of is, like, directly inspired by, like, a, a book that, uh, like, that I've read that inspired it. But um, if I had to kind of pick at, like, a few things, it's definitely just this, uh, with, like, in particular, like, French existentialism, like Jean-Paul Sartre and Albert Camus and... Um, the other great one, uh, Simone de Beauvoir, it's very much this idea that we are just like thrust into this life and there's no, there's no real like apparent meaning. Like, you know, you weren't, you weren't born and there wasn't like something set aside for you. There wasn't like a purpose that you were just meant to fit this mold and do just that. It's, uh, it's very much the idea that there is no inherent meaning and that with that, there's, like, a few approaches. Like, you could look at that and be like, wow, that's fucking depressing. Like, nothing means anything. Like, why should I even bother? 
or you could look at it and be like, oh, that's so freeing. Like nothing, nothing matters. Like, so if I want something to matter, I need to like, I need to give it meaning. I need to find the meaning in it. You know, you're becoming yeah. the, the author of your own ambitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the master uh, yeah. of your own reality. You know, there's that's a, a a very broad theme that some some people who even profess to be Satanists and some schools of Satanism, I think, would 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 attest to that. I mean, there's there's a whole a lot of different religions could probably um, find some way to, to wrap meaning to that. It's a it's a broad theme, but these authors that you've mentioned in particular, if now just for the listeners, we always make recommend music as we go along. Maybe just um, uh, broad strokes. What are like you know two or yeah. three books that um, have in particular inspired you uh, in terms of yeah. this album? Yeah, of course. Um, in particular, like a few of the big ones that like directly influence a few of the songs. Uh, for instance, would be by Albert Camus. Like my favorite books by him would be The Stranger, and it's like it's not like a really tech technical like jargony book like this is like a fictional book he wrote and it's like through the eyes of the main character and his like his mother just died and he's like he's just going through the motions but the way that he reacts to everything is it's you'll read it and you'll be like why are they acting so strange like it doesn't sound like the way a human being would react he's acting in a way that's so like morally ambiguous it's not like the way he's reacting isn't like good or bad. He just is like so like withdrawn from like the human experience. And it's just a, like a really interesting read because it's, it's really hard to connect with the main character in it, but it still is like really compelling. Hmm. Um, so that's one. Another one would be uh, Nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre, which like directly inspires the song, the third song on our album, uh, Nauseating Despair, which is like kind of where the title comes from that's a great one too kind of a kind of the same thing like a lot of Sartre's stuff is like it's too jargony it's too like over my head and I'm, I'm definitely like no expert in these types of things I, I find it really interesting and I like it a lot but I'm I'm always trying to learn more about it and mm-hmm. so that book is his more like fictional like you're in the driver's seat of it and it's just kind of about like a startling realization and like uh having this just existential dread and you're just like realizing something that you'll never be able to uh see in a different way like you you just see it and then it's it's too late you know Hmm. yeah all right heavy heavy stuff and and um one more quickly about how about let's 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 recommend something by nietzsche yeah, okay. Uh, I really like, um, so in particular, like, I think it's the last book that he wrote, but the from our song, Cathedrals of Blood, in parentheses, it says Twilight of the Idols, because he has a book that's called, oh my God, what's it called? It It's called, like, Twilight of the Idols, but there's another part to it. I think it's Antichrist, or, yeah, so I think the book is called Antichrist slash Twilight of the Idols, and that's, mm-hmm. like, why I put the parentheses in that song for that. All right. I, I that's I, I appreciate that because we try to recommend things and this is territory we don't we don't we don't always go the, the more liter, uh, literary route. Um Yeah for sure. So a lot behind this album 
And getting back to uh, some of the more sonic elements and uh, recent developments, also the song you just mentioned, Nauseating Despair, that's the one that you guys have a music video for that Decibel recently premiered. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the video. I know that the, the director was somebody, a Killjoy? Is that the name? The- uh, so his, his name's, uh, Sam Clays and he's, he's done like video work for, uh, I might be saying this wrong cause I'm realizing now I've never said it out loud. I've only read it, but I think it's Unartig and they are like a video collective, but he's just like a homie that we've known forever. And he's like a great videographer and we finally got to like connect with him on a project and we filmed that in the basement of the, of like this, this cider bar that I work at. We just, it's just filmed in a closet that we just pulled all the like cans and equipment out of, and we just like set up and played in there. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. Man. I, I got to ask, is cider, a part- are you drinking a cider right now? I'm drinking a cider right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, it, well, because we t- shout shout to Garrett from Mall. He was drinking a cider yeah. when I interviewed him. Is this is that a particularly big thing out there in in, in Fargo, North Dakota? You know, um, not to take credit for it, but I yeah, like I I do encourage all my homies to come <laughs> hang out at the cider bar I work at. It's the one cider bar in town. It's called okay. Wild Terra. It's very tight. Lots of plants. They don't like when I play death metal, but you know sometimes it's gotta happen. All right, man, cider. I maybe that's something we gotta explore more on the podcast. I get get endorsed by, yeah. by some cider guy. Um, hey, I'll send you something. All right, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even fishing right there, man. <laughs> Shout to Justin. Um, well, the Decibel premiered the video. Um, I, I encourage everyone, especially now that we know a little bit more behind the song, you could check that out because the album hasn't dropped yet. It's dropping very soon, right? Yeah, on Friday the sixteenth, it drops. Friday, so oh, you will probably have this timed out where that episode, the episode, will be up when people are um, uh, buying the album or have the ability to buy the album. So, um, yeah, if, if if the early bird listeners are listening to this as it's going on, uh, now you guys did something. There's a lot going on. We touched on the lyrics uh, and how this mm-hmm. album um, is maybe uh, shows. I would say some progression and growth um, for the band in terms of composition and writing. There's been a lot happening through the last year or two with you guys since things have opened up. I wrote down a few things that I know seem pretty big to me. You got um, that Death Nexus Fest in Philly, the East Coast Tour, LDB Fest in Kentucky, which looked like it was crazy. Um, yeah, that was fun. And, and you know, Ken's Death Metal uh, um, Crypt, uh, Ken's uh, Crypt Fest, you know, the, the online thing was cool. The, the one thing I really wanted to ask you, though, about a year ago, last September, you guys did the tour with Gate Creeper, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That seems like a real big look. They, they, Gate Creeper seems like a big band. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, we had no idea that we were on their radar. And mm-hmm. so, like, when the email came through and they were like, hey, you want to drive to New Mexico, play a couple gigs with us? We were like, fuck yeah. And so we just, we're just, you know, we we live in, like, the middle of nowhere, so we're just... Like, when people hit us up to do cool shit, we're just ready to get in the van and just drive out there, you know? Like, we're so central in the country, pretty much. Like, if anybody's like, hey, come to Florida, come to Cali, like, we'll do it. We're crazy. We're just trying to get out there and tour. So, it it just, like, worked out well. And, yeah, those guys are, like, the biggest sweethearts and, like, really, like, took us under their wing and helped us a lot. And it was really sick. 
Were, were those like have had you played for audiences that big at that point and venues maybe that that capacity at that point or was that like a a bigger bigger step into the music uh, field? Yeah, I mean honestly, especially because our first show back after like shutdowns and stuff was like at Sister Bar in New Mexico, and we'd like you know we'd never been to New Mexico and. It was just like crazy. It was a packed room. Like, those were definitely some of the like biggest venues and crowds we'd ever played at that point. So it was it was like a little scary, but it was really fun and just really exciting. Like just getting back mm-hmm. into it. I mean, I'm sure you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's cool. Awesome, man. Yeah, that 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 seems like it probably would have been a real exciting tour. Um, Gay Creeper really doing big things. Uh, you know, obviously not not just lately, sure. but the last several years. Um, I feel like that, you know, they're kind of on that trajectory of like, uh, you, you know, your cattle decapitations and your, um, uh, you know, rest in peace, your black Dahlia murders, your cannibal corpse. You know, they, they could, they could, you know, if they, they keep hanging there a few more, few more, few more years. Uh, they'll be up there with those guys. Um, agreed. Yeah. And now I mentioned a few of these fests. You kind of like mentioned, you, you know, you mentioned you guys are kind of like centrally located in terms of your region. You're, you're, everyone's willing to jump in the van and play a show because, uh, Kentucky, Philly, uh, East Coast. It definitely seems like you guys got around the last uh, year or so. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're we're just hoping to do it even more now. You know, especially like with the album coming out, we'll definitely be hitting some tours. But uh, yeah, the like LDB was tight because it's funny because that's like when we were in like hardcore and punk bands. You know, we're like very familiar with all those bands, like like so Balba and like mm-hmm. incendiary and stuff. Like I, I love those bands. I've seen them before and like it, it just was cool to get asked to play that, but it was just kind of funny because we used to be in hardcore and punk bands and we always like wanted to play that fest. Hmm. And now here we are like in this death metal band and we get asked to play. And it's just so funny to see us like, like if you watch any of the videos, it's us like playing guitar solos and like, like these really slow, like, kind of doom death like outros to songs and then people are still just like fucking moshing and going crazy and it's just the funniest thing to me to see people like hardcore dancing and like stage diving during like really melodic guitar solos it's just just hilarious i love it well that's something i wanted to ask you about that ldb fest because um you know it did seem like a big hardcore thing with a few death metal bands and, and whatever but does it matter nowadays? It seems like the, the climate of the scene nowadays, especially with the younger generation taking hold right now, is that it really doesn't matter as long as it hits between hardcore and death metal and all the other subgenres in between. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I would agree. Like, as as much as I always kind of was, like, you know, like I kind of grew up a hardcore kid, like, I, I really was, like, looking to death metal bands for, like, inspiration and, like, that's more what I was into. But um, I feel like nowadays, especially, there's so many bands that do a great job of kind of crossing over and being like, you know, like a hardcore person or like a death metal person can just like understand it either way. And there's a lot of bands that just do a good job of bridging the gap and introducing like new fans to different types of music. And yeah, you know, I it's I'm not usually into like a lot of the kind of like hardcore death metal bands but like i have infinite respect for it you know like i think it's cool as fuck i i you know there's so much music nowadays that it's it's hard for me to even filter things through but um 
I know what you mean, man. I, I do have a respect for the scene coming up nowadays, and I definitely try not to be like that kind of jaded, bitter old guy because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you guys. Um, but I try to keep an open mind to it too because, there's, you know, for, for all the millions of bands that maybe don't have as much imagination, there's always some really cool bands that push it forward regardless of the wave um, and, the, and, and whatever the hype is that's going on. Now, yeah. something. Well, before I get before I get ahead of myself, we were talking about you guys kind of get out there on the road. Do you have a van? Do you own a van, or do you guys rent a van, or what's up? Yeah, yeah, we own a van. We were fortunate to get like this old like it was like a church van that had like no miles on it. Sweet. Like, they must have just used it to like pick up blue haired ladies once a week and drive them a mile to the church. Like, so we got like a great deal on a van. We're like. I mean, not me, because I know literally nothing about cars, but uh, the other fellas are good at keeping it up-kept. Nice. And, uh, nice. yeah, we're we're just trying to hit the fucking the van world tour anytime. Yeah, yeah dude, that's that, that's awesome. I wish you the best of luck, man. Most of my bands, we've rented um, sporadically, but we also, you know, I, we've done some Road Warrior shit here and there, but, you know. Hell yeah. Like, the people I know who own vans, you really got to get out there and, and make it worth it, man. It seems like you guys are doing just that. And you know, the new album... Um, enveloping absurdity, uh, a prosthetic records coming out probably today. If, if you're listening to this, the day the episode drops, the 16th of September. We okay. just talked about all this stuff you're doing on the road, um, uh, big wow. festivals you're playing, uh, touring with Gate Creeper. Um, you know, maybe exposing your, yourself to bigger audiences. Does any of that factor in, and how does it factor into the writing process and to the thought process and the mentality on the new album? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I mean, I guess we 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 did like we started a few of these songs like before the pandemic hit, and uh, throughout the pandemic, that's when we really like ironed them out and finished them and recorded them. So all these all these opportunities that came with um, like the easing up of restrictions. Uh, by that point, we had already like finished the album, but. Um, I'm sure that those experiences will kind of help us towards the, you know, like the next material. So, yeah. Okay. It's just, well, it's interesting to get some insight. I think also in some ways it makes a band tighter just as musicians and it, it, it kind of uh, aligns everybody. Sometimes if you're on the road uh, um, a lot together and you're playing a lot more live shows um, prior sure. to, to getting in the studio. Um, and something else about the, the the writing process, the recording process. You tell me this wasn't your first time working with Adam Tucker uh, at Signature Tone Recordings in Minneapolis, was it? Right. Yeah. So we uh, we recorded Undimensioned Identities, the EP, with him, mm -hmm. and then we also recorded the uh, the split song that we did, Bottom Up Creation. We did a split with Canada's uh, Sedimentum, which. They also yeah. have a new record that is like fucking incredible. So definitely check those those fellows out if you haven't. But um, yeah, so now that's like a few releases we have with him. And honestly, like he he's great and like totally understands what we are just going for. And you know, like on the album, we we didn't like. Yeah, he's he's just so good at capturing like the live sound, which is very important to us as a band because I I believe strongly in like the drummer is the click. I don't like to 
I'll, I practice to a click like rudiments and shit, but like, as far as recording goes, like, I don't want to record the song to a click, you know, Mm -hmm. I want it to feel like, like it's live or feel like, um, more organic. I don't like that. I also don't really like like sampling stuff out and like, I just, I don't know, call me old fashioned, but I like when drums sound like drums, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of like something that he really champions too. And you know, we just, it's, it's just been so fluid. Like we're all on the same page and he's super helpful with like any ideas or like, you know, there would be times in the studio where I'd be trying to play this part and he'd be like, you know what, Vinny, like, why don't you just, why don't you just play something simpler? Like, you're not going to nail this. You're <laughs> so he just like, you know, like keeps it real with you, which I appreciate that kind of input, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. And and he played uh, some synth- synthesizer parts on this, this latest album. I got it right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just speaking of uh, kind of like the, the, the added depth, uh, I think in the songwriting, um nowadays with some of this stuff uh that you guys and what i was saying before i mentioned kind of like old school european bands um i mean to just to just put it out there on the table i hear a little bit of some of the classic finnish bands uh that i love so much adramalek and demolich um and some of the riff uh, riffing styles and some of the, the rhythms uh some of the choices you guys make let's talk a little bit about that i mean first of all is that a factor is that fair to say yeah, that's absolutely fair to say. It's, I yeah. mean, it, it's in the blender. We, that's we love it. Yeah, everyone's imagination, and um, so you guys are a little bit younger than me. Take me through your journey with that, because you know, you guys obviously everyone gets into Morbid Angel and Death, and some some of those bands that are bigger. Um, over the years, though, uh, uh, take me down the wormhole you guys go through. What are some of the other bands and some of the other scenes that are really important to to you guys as Phobophilic? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and like, like I said, yeah, you nailed it with the Finnish inspo because we definitely love that shit. Um, but as far as like death metal stuff goes, like my first introduction was really like the band Death. Like I remember when yeah. we were practicing like for our like hardcore band and Christian, the bass player, he was playing the bass, the bass lick from um, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting the name of the song. It's like one of the first couple tracks on uh the sound of perseverance by death but i was like what what the fuck are you playing and then he showed me and then i just haven't looked back you know uh but yeah like death and cynic i would say are like some of the like really important ones that like cynic is like my all-time favorite band i like fucking love that shit and uh as far as like i mean you know like gorguts and like stargazer and like crematory but uh, yeah, like definitely the Finnish stuff, like and demigod too, you know, like Demolik, Adramalik, yeah. and demigod. Like we just kind of, uh, you know, just fell down the rabbit hole of like finding similar artists, and then realized like, oh, there's such a pocket of like Finnish bands trying so hard to like distinguish themselves from Swedish bands, and like really like cutting their own sound, and like doing an incredible job of it. So yeah, that's all those bands like definitely resonate with us like really hard. Yeah, yeah. There's not much more to say about it. Really, is that there's just a lot of sick bands from that era. Everyone knows it now. You know, the cats out of the bed. Yeah. That that bit. I read that right. book, um, "Rotting Ways to Misery: The History of Finnish Death Metal." Um, that's it's a great book. Highly recommended to you and to the, anyone listening to this. Um, just for just to, to get a really good picture on on 
uh, how there's whatever Finnish bands you're into, there's more that you never even like. It's just crazy, man. And, and yeah, how, I bet. they were a lot of them were so original um, in in what they did and still are. So and then you know and then now pushing past that, we talked a lot about the album uh, which is dropping today, nine uh, sixteen. Um, if you're listening to this in time. Are you guys, I didn't notice any upcoming shows. Are you guys doing any record release shows? Anything you want to plug, uh, you know, for, for people who are in the area or might be in the area? Yeah, I mean, um, right now we're still, like, kind of looking to organize that. We're we're trying to figure out, like, a lineup and what to, what to do for that. We don't have anything booked right at the moment. We do have, like, allegedly some... <laughs> a big like tentative tour that i i can't say too much about i'm sorry to say because we are just yeah. we're just the little boys on the bit on the bill and i we're waiting for the fellas to give us the green light but that, it's gonna be sick is all i can say <laughs> that's a good place to be in man uh, i will so yeah. we're gonna tell the the listeners to keep their eyes on your social media um, and you know, you mentioned yeah. something that popped into my head before too when you were talking about death and cynic. That's that would seem to be um, kind of like a, a clear influence, maybe lyrically, on the idea of death metal being able to be uh, more of an introspective and more of a like maybe even a, a socially conscious um, uh, or, or philosophical type of music. Um, not just you know the, the gore and guts and demons bands. There's plenty of them and they're great, but it, it, you know there can be sure. a lot of other stuff to it. You know, is that fair to say about you guys? No, absolutely. And like, yeah, like you said, like I have no disrespect towards like bands that, you know, they're, they they aren't really like pushing a message. Like, you know, I think that's just as worthwhile and it's fucking cool, but I just, it's just not quite what we wanted to do, you know? And like, absolutely. I really love like just kind of the like really interesting poetic stuff that Paul Masvidal does with Cynic, but there's a, there's a Chuck Schuldiner interview where he's kind of like talking about, I think he's kind of talking, I'm forgetting which album it like kind of started in. Maybe it was uh, spiritual healing or, or human where he was just kind of being like, you know, I realized that I could just write songs about real stuff and it will still be death metal. And it's still like fucking brutal because life is fucking brutal. And I don't have to like sing about zombie shit and like Satan ritual crap like that shit's cool but you know it's just as cool to just write about like everyday terrible things that we're all familiar with you know yeah there's there's a lot of different approaches um yeah so what what uh let me ask you this then on that note what have you been reading lately yeah um actually funny enough i'm uh i'm reading this this japanese author is named haruki murakami uh he's fantastic i'm trying to get through all of his books right now i'm reading this book called uh 1q84 and it's he does this thing that's kind of jumping between each chapter is like a different main character so there's like two main characters and each chapter it flip-flops and you all of his stories kind of have a convergence of the two separate stories at some point some of them, they like, they almost converge, but they don't quite. And you're like, oh shit, I really thought that was going to happen. Mm. And then some of them, they just like, they link up in such an unlikely, interesting way. And I just really love in particular, there's just a very like, uh, I just, I really appreciate the kind of more Japanese style of approaching like art and literature and even movies and stuff where it's like, 
I feel like in American culture, movies are very centered around um, like the the tops of the roller coasters. Like you're hitting these these benchmarks. Like oh, this happened. How do we get to the next crazy thing? Oh, there it happened. Whereas like Japanese literature, it's it's not about it's not about the peak. It's not about the ending. It's like it's about the journey. Like you're just you're kind of enjoying it the whole time. It's not. It's not so much about the hills and valleys, you know, like, mm. yeah, a lot of the most memorable scenes and the most like enjoyable parts are like, you know, he's just describing like a character cooking his lunch and it just is like, it's just beautiful. I don't know how to put it, but okay. there's also shit that's like, you know, there's like really crazy things that happen too that are, yeah, they don't really make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of like David Lynch shit where you're kind of left guessing and you're like, I don't know that I understand what's happening, but I'm having a good time. So that's fine. All right. All right. man. That sounds pretty interesting, man. That's that's definitely different, man. I've been I've been trying to yeah. read more. I've been I've been taking the train to work when I can so I could read a little bit sometimes and save a couple bucks. Dope. But um, uh, all right. So everybody could put that on their reading list along with some of those heavier books from before that we were talking about. Um, and, and as we wind down, uh, I'll ask you to recommend something that's a little bit more in our wheel or maybe not uh, in our wheelhouse. Um, you know, before we close out, I'll definitely give you the opportunity to plug and promote anything with Phobophilic or anything else you got going on. Yeah. But before that, can you please recommend for me and for the listeners, uh, one older and one newer release by any artist you like metal or otherwise demo or EP or anything, whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, to stay on this, um, to stay kind of in the same wave, I'm I'm really obsessed with this album called Sun Shower. Uh, it's by Taiko Onuki, so really great Japanese singer. And um, yeah, it came out 1977, very like, very like kind of city pop jazz, like like kind of smooth jazz, like lighter. Nice. Yeah. Really, really beautiful stuff. Great stuff to just kind of like drive during like a nice day you got the windows down it's beautiful you'll have a great time that's good that's yeah. a, that sounds that sounds nice man okay and that's uh yeah. okay and could you say it one more time yeah uh taiko onuki uh taiko is t-a-e-k-o okay man. and uh yeah the album's called sun shower Okay, the internet will figure it out for everybody, man. That's yeah, good. they got it. They got it. <laughs> and then what about your newer recommendation? Yeah, for newer, um, I'm, I really dig some, like, I've been really into this artist called Callie Malone. I think she's from Sweden, and she, uh, she does, like, pipe organ stuff and kind of, like, synthy, like, really like atmospheric really droning stuff but she has a new album called living torch that i've been really into that's very just uh it's very slow and brooding but i don't know i love that kind of shit it's it's nice yeah okay what was ali malone okay uh, living torch Okay, yeah. man. Interesting. All right. Two, two, a lot of interesting recommendations. Broaden your horizons. Um, 
Uh, and and then, of course, look out for uh, Enveloping Absurdity, which is the new album by Phobophilic of Fargo, North Dakota. It's on Prosthetic Records. Um, should be out today, uh, the, the 16th of September, if you're listening to this album in time. If you're listening, I mean, if you're listening to this episode in time, if you're listening to this episode in like three years, then just go back and buy the album anyway, man. You, the guys will still need the money at some point, man. Come on. Um, but uh, Vinny Tweeten, um, drummer of Phobophilic, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Hey, thank you, Will. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much. Cheers. Uh, any um, uh, ending uh, notes, uh, Any anything to watch out for that I neglected to mention? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like we covered it. I would just say, yeah, just, like, follow us. We got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like, Phobophilic. I mean, you, there's not a whole lot of accounts that are using <laughs> the same name, so we should be easy enough to find. You know, yeah, man. Yeah. You, you guys got one of the, one of the one of the um the, the good ones, man. Uh, and um, uh, thank you very much, man. Uh, any uh, final message for listeners of Phobophilic and listeners to the Heavy Hole Podcast? Be kind to yourself. Drink some water. Wow, that's it. Or cider. Or cider. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, folks. Vinny Tweeten, drummer of Phobophilic from Fargo, North Dakota. We just got a lot of insight into that band and into their new album, which we hope you check out, as well as all the music uh, and some of the literature, some of the books that he recommended in that interview, man. That was great. Um, new band on the scene. I like the way they put things together. Uh, they Their discography is not necessarily vast, uh, but there's just enough there where you could really spend an afternoon or a night or a long drive getting a feel for their evolution. Um, so I'm excited to see what 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 uh, kind of reaction this album gets in the death metal community. I'm thinking a good one. Um, so enveloping absurdity out on Prosthetic Records uh, as of today. If you're listening to this in time, um, now Rick, you're still with me, right? Yes, <clears throat> absolutely, man. Good to have you along, man. Um, it's good to be here as usual. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I always want to bring you along is because you, we do the recommendations, and you and I definitely meet in the middle on a lot of bands. Uh, but but yeah. but you you got your realm of like heavy metal, maybe doom, more traditional things. I got my realm of gore grind projects that I gotta hide from girlfriends and things like that. Uh, and we, you know somewhere in, in the middle we meet. You hit me something with right out of left field today, and I'm gonna let you take over for the listeners. All right. So it's a metal blade band. Uh, came out last year, and I have it here. It's called the uh, Iotune. I believe that's uh, how you pronounce it. Access all worlds. Nice limited vinyl to two hundred. That's I. Sounds really good. I O I O T U N N. Okay, on, on Metal Blade. Yes, out okay. of uh, Denmark. That's a great album cover. That's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's really Amazing. nice. I'll try to get get a good shot in there. It's it's yeah. It's and the only the only thing uh, first about this album that I would say could be improved uh, would be the production. 
comes off a little like the drums. I was listening. I was. It's been in my rotation a lot the last couple of weeks, and um, just the the drums. And I have good headphones, and they just I don't know. They sound a little flat, but everything else sounds great. Uh, production wise, this is drums and maybe the overall sound. I don't know. Uh, to me, this album is 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 killer, man. You got it's. It kind of reminds me of Borknagar a little bit, hmm. as far as the clean uh, vocals. The vocals remind me, and that's where I think you're going to differ with me on this. Is the vocals kind of uh, and the Messiah Markelin from Candlemass kind of like clean uh, Borknagar, op- uh, Vintersorg, or Simon? You know, some kind of uh, operatic clean style. But his growls are, in my opinion, are really good too. Even though the clean vocals kind of dominate the album, the guitar playing is fucking awesome, and the drumming is fucking awesome too. So, I love the album. It was like my top. It was in my top three of 2021. Okay, man, and I did give it a spin. Um, people who regularly listen to the show and listen to me mouth off about music know that this is not my normal wheelhouse of, of music. The clean vocals, um, they were, they're great for what they are. It's just not, yeah. uh, what I normally, normally listen to. So you and I kind of like, yes. like veer off with this band. I got to say, I appreciate everything that's going on here. I think fans of this type of music should absolutely check it out. I see why you listen to it. Uh, and it might be something that grows on me if if I give it a chance and you know next week and and when I'm in the Gosh. mood for something epic. There are bands like this I do get into. You've got you've turned me on to certain things over the years. Um, what you said about the drums, I was gonna pick that out as like it. The production seems a little rigid at times. Like even the guitars, everything is so locked in and dialed in. It sounds like. Mm-hmm the type of production style that you would either love or hate. Like it's very popular nowadays and I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of people who are um, big fans of that production style and the way the album's done. But obviously for me personally, there's just not enough grit in there maybe. Um, And the drums don't, don't sound, uh, they, they sound, they sound extremely produced, but again, these are guys from Denmark. This is a way more of a traditional heavy metal type of thing going on. So I kind of understand, you know, whether, whether, what they're doing. So if that's your thing, I would definitely persuade anyone to give it a shot. And I'm also noticing, uh, just checking out the, uh, Metallium on this album. Uh, it was recorded at studio Fredman in Gothenburg, Sweden. That's where in flames, a dark tranquility, and all those bands recorded all those albums back in the early 90s. I didn't even know that studio was still active, to be honest. That shows my foolish ignorance <laughs> because I haven't I haven't really been up uh, up to date much on the on that style, you know, in the Gothenburg style in the last few years. So, but yeah, that's a, a studio there. It's a legendary studio for what it was uh, is, and uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Oh, Frederick hey. Nordstrom produced it. Uh, and again, I'm not surprised because I'm not knocking the production. It's just, it, you know, I prefer a different style generally. But right, right, but right. listening totally. to it, you could hear the amount of maybe expertise and the kind of uh, I don't know if you want to say budget, but you know the 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 what these guys had to work with in terms of the the building a like a sonic playground for themselves right. man um the, the the drums and the guitars i like i could see people who work at music studios and professional musicians uh like these guys probably you know who are in this band really wanting the sound because it's so clean and crisp and pure 
So I really? uh, definitely highly recommended the vocals. Again, like might not be my thing, but the guy can sing his ass off. So and it's well written stuff. There's hints of black metal and death metal at, at times. So I, I could definitely see why you brought it in, Rick. And 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 um, I opened my mind a little bit, and and we got it in there for the listeners. So they cool, they, man. I just throw it out there. You know what I mean? I throw it out there. Let everybody formulate their opinion on it. You be the judge. All right. Um, you be the- <laughs> Exactly. I I didn't go to law school, and you you had you had some other tidbit of information about this. You said it was the the, the guitarist from Amorphous, and there was another thing yeah. about the other band the singer was in or something. Yeah, the singer uh, started. It looks like uh, you know I'm, I'm, there was a band Barren Earth, which the guitarist from Amorphous uh, started, and uh, it looks like this singer the vocalist came was from there from 2014. So he was on. Uh, it looks like two uh, two full lengths from Baron Earth, who I've never heard. And if it has dudes from Amorphous, I'm gonna check it out because I always love Amorphous. Uh, so I'm gonna check that out. It looks like the last two albums that dude John Aldara was on. That's the vocalist name. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, man. Uh, ooh, yeah. Metal Blade putting Metal Blade putting up uh, putting out some stuff like this. You know, that's interesting too. Yeah, yeah. There, you know, Metal Blade, one of the, one of these big labels that, and we're 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 living in an interesting time for for metal in general right now. You know, death metal obviously being the main focus of this podcast most of the time, but in in general, yeah. any doom metal, black metal, any kind of extreme metal, um, it's easy to get a little jaded if you if you're of a certain age. It's easy to kind of get, get into that gatekeeper mindset um, because we remember. Uh, certain aspects of it that are that are going the way of the dinosaur, you know, the tape trading and the photocopied zines and things. But I I I think this is a great time to be a fan of this type of music and to watch it evolve and to kind of know where it came from, man. It's coming back in a big way and um, not to not to be too pluggy and, and too corny here, but the band we interviewed uh, tonight, we interviewed Vinny from Phobophilic. I think they've got a really great handle on um the idea of progressive death death metal and progressing yourself as as an artist in death metal man so you really got to just like any scene where there's a lot of stuff bubbling up you got to sift through a lot of the 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 newer bands and and get to the ones that matter man you know i'm finding the proficiency in like guitar playing is up there these days too like as a guitar player Mm. who you know tries to consider himself a guitar player i mean there's a lot of amazing stuff out there like the new revocation i was been playing a lot lately the, the guitars on that fucking awesome awesome shit man so i i gotta s- you reminded me when um when we were fortunate enough uh chris and uh mark from rotravore were, were very nice guys when when exsanguinated opened up for them a few weeks ago they spent time with the crowd and with us and and got to meet everybody and i picked uh Chris's brain for a minute and he was and something he mentioned was he was like nowadays you know I was asking him how he feels about this resurgence of younger bands and death metal and everything and he something he mentioned was nowadays bands can really shred the guitarists can really play and it's something that we've talked about too is like a lot of these guys now have grown up watching YouTube tutorials and school right. of rock and it's just a lot more accessible in certain ways yeah. than it used to be I was know? just gonna say that man there's there's you know Look, I'm 46 years old, man. Like, back in the day, in the 80s, fucking guy would come over with his gorilla amp, and I had my gorilla <laughs> amp, and we would sit there, me, we would sit there, you know? Yeah. Like, now, you can, there's Rocksmith, there's, there's software, you know? I don't know how many guys are doing that, but, like, this shit, you can, you can, you know, you learn, like you said, with the YouTube videos, 
it's unbelievable like we can do in your house now so that's why i think you're seeing so number one you're seeing so many bands because dudes could sit home and write music and the, the technology is there to, to demo stuff and you're seeing a lot of great musicians come out of this too i think I used to have a little gorilla bass amp. It was maybe like about a foot foot tall off the ground yeah. with a little handle, and I would bring that in yeah. a microphone anytime. You know, with a lot of my older bands that I was that I was in, mm. that was the PA was this little gorilla bass amp, and I would grab. That was my first amp. Yeah, yeah my first gorilla. Yeah. Cursed Earth, Biolich, other bands I've been wow. in through the years. Yeah, man. Um, up until you could get a, probably a good distorted ago. sound vocally out of that thing. I'm sure you know. Hey, well, it worked. It was enough if you if you maybe put it up on a, uh, a put it up on a shelf or a chair or something. You could you know at least yeah. that, you know, everyone could hear hear you. You know we were doing. <laughs> death metal it's all good man it worked yeah man wow man um so uh and then and i came all the way um from the gorilla amp in the basement on the chair to uh looking forward now to playing this friday the 16th if you're listening to it the day it drops you could still make it out to curry donuts um exsanguinated a band i'm in uh bowel erosion and stabbed other bands that my friends are in are performing with northeast pennsylvania's heaviest band the virgos september 6th 16th at curry donuts are you familiar with this place rick i'm not but today is your lucky day because <laughs> i am in northeast pennsylvania and i shall attend that show and grace you all with my presence and I'll also be at the following, not the following one, but a later show this weekend, which you'll speak about. But no, I've heard, I haven't heard about this place until recently, but uh, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, man. I like any opportunity. As much as I love AMH and St. Vitus and all our, our beautiful venues, I love playing in places that are a little bit off the beaten path, uh, the DIY sure, venues and the the, the, the the Ralph's Rock Diners of the world. The art gallery yeah. we played in Rhode Island that time, a buckshot. That was a good experience. It was a Sunday night. Yeah decent turnout for a yeah. sunday night um yeah. interesting place yeah, yeah. man I, I i like art in the words of sal yeah so I like galleries yeah the the next uh the next day saturday september 17th uh we're gonna be down there with the whole crew bowel erosion exsanguinated and stabbed uh playing with path to war chaos chaos eternal uh record release show we're gonna be there at the runaway dc 15 dollars at the door 21 plus uh sorry kids uh that's gonna be fun and speaking of a nice turnout on a sunday that's what i'm looking for when we go to kearney new jersey september 18th um stabbed bowel erosion exsanguinated and thetis uh which is of course uh terrell's band who's in reeking ore with us yeah. and buckshot facelift with us volnificus uh, I believe dropped off of that show. Unfortunately, I just I read online that they're um, they had to cancel their tour, cancel some shows. So please support them, <laughs> buy some shirts. I see they have four X shirts uh, for my fellow big guys out there. By the way, um, Rick, you're not uh, how many? I got to ask you a personal question, Rick. You've been doing the Peloton. You've yeah, been putting in the yeah. work. Anyone oh. who saw you on stage with yeah. that with that double header uh, last week uh, <laughs> sees you've been putting in the work. How many shirt sizes yeah. have you dropped? in this exercise well, quest of yours as of now I'm, I'm at a 2x 
Um, but some of two X's are, are kind of big. So wow. I think I'm about I'm a, I'm a, I'm about 25 pounds away from a, a, a regular XL, which I probably haven't been able to wear since eighth grade. You know, so I'm sure you can you can fucking feel that. You know what I'm saying? But, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And actually, one year, like maybe twenty something in the year two thousand. Actually, I uh, I did uh, uh, keto and I lost a whole bunch of weight. But I don't advise that, man. That's that's some bullshit, man. Do do hard huh. work, right? Huh. That's the way to do it. And uh, put it all back. But that summer, I fit into an XL for like two weeks. And I had a shirt by this band, Somnus, who we spoke about <laughs> on your uh, podcast one time. And it was a great album cover. Uh, it, it was there. I forget the name of the record. But it was this dude like a, like a in, a in a forest sitting on a throne. It was fucking awesome. And fucking Sal stole my shirt. And I only yeah. got to wear it one time. I only got to wear it. So that's the goal is to get into an XL. I was coming from a 3XL. Uh, big boy, a three XL. Now they look like a dress on me, so <laughs> I put them all in a bag. And what sucks is I spent all these years collecting, you know, all these nice band shirts, but now they're nice and clean and folded in a bag. So maybe I'll give them away to a, a, a big boy, something whoa, like whoa, that. You know whoa. what I mean? It's like either way, if you gain weight or you lose weight, you're gonna have a bunch of band T-shirts in a box somewhere. That's true. You know? I, may, I may as well keep them, man, because who knows what happens? You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't foresee myself uh, stopping what I'm doing, but hey. Shit happens, right? You, you never know. I could. You might get pregnant. You might need some pregnancy clothes. <laughs> uh, the world, the, the world's moving fast, Rick. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, it's inspiration. Um, uh, and, and you know, in all seriousness, Ooh, man. man, I, I, you know, I definitely like to get on that route somewhere. I an extra lunch. I, I said on the the podcast before, not to relentlessly bring up Sal, but while we're on the topic, years ago, I was Sal's stylist. Um, I don't. I don't know if I talked about this. I, talk, I remember. I, I talked to, to a few people. You know, it's a funny story I've related, but people would always try to give me shirts. Uh, even oh, yeah. when I was a three X, people would try to give me a two X shirt. Say, no, no, it's big, man. It's, I'm like, it's big on you because you're a large. You know right. what I mean? Like, so, look how big this XL is. People yeah. used to say, I'm like, dude, I'm a three X. What do you think I'm gonna do with this? I'll tear this shirt in half like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I put this on. I think people, <laughs> you know I mean? people wanted me to probably wear their wear their band shirt while I was on stage uh, with a band right, I, right, I right, used right. to be in that 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 drew that drew crowds. <laughs> Jokes on all those people now because now I'm in bands that open up shows again. <laughs> I'm back on the streets, but um. <laughs> Uh, they used to they used to give me the two X all the time, uh, and, and no, no, I, I, I would say it's not my my size, but you know they they give you the yeah. shirt anyway. So I end up with all these two X shirts, and I would give them all to Sal because he would wear them, and Sal's wearing all these shirts. You know, he's like he looked probably like the most cult scene supporter yeah. dude if you knew Buckshot yeah. facelift in that era. It was funny. Yeah, dude, you fucking love vomit remnants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vomit remnants. Yeah, man. Uh, like, <laughs> it's like those. It's like the, you know when you see the famous uh, celebrity uh, females wearing the Slayer shirt. You know, and then the joke <laughs> is, oh, can they name three Slayer songs? You know, it's the same guy. Hey, Sally Boy, name me three. Name me three vomit remnant songs. I can't do it. We, that might have to be a good segment on the podcast one day. Um, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see, man. But speaking of segments on the podcast, I gotta leave Sally alone now because we're going to talk about uh some upcoming shows in the area i, I just held yeah. back on i just held back on a sal burn man i'm getting good I, I i kept it under wraps man i'll tell you later <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. uh uh good shows coming up though man today's september I, you know what i was debating but i'm going to give you if you for the early birds who listen to the podcast if this is going on in your area here's the shows in uh, friday september 16th this is all off of nyc metal scene dot com nyc metal scene dot com shout out to matt um always plug that people 
uh, from from as far away as uh, uh, Europe and other parts of the United States um, o- over the, the years have emailed uh, the Heavy Hole podcast and said, I'm coming to New York City to visit for a week or so. You know, do you know any good venues? Do you know any shows? And uh, obviously, I'm going to say St. Vitus Bar, but I always refer people to nycmetalscene.com. So big shout to Matt, who's been curating this yeah. for years. And I'm just going to give has. you a little sampling of the of the delights he's got uh, listed for everybody uh, in the area. Taste. He's expanded it all the way out to um, other, other states now, which is great. Friday, September 16th, if you're in Baltimore, Maryland, I recommend you go see Christian, um, classic uh, Brazilian death metal band playing with Revocation, uh, whose new album is amazing. Shout out to Dave Davidson. We interviewed him quite a while ago. Alluvial and Inoculation, who we interviewed um, a while back to upcoming death metal talent at the Metro Gallery in Baltimore, Maryland, tonight, Friday, September 16th. Also going on Poughkeepsie, New York, September 16th, Lacuna Coil at the Chance Theater. Mm. Hmm. Wow. I mean, yeah, I, wow. it's probably it's probably probably some some forty year old goth chicks there. Yeah, might, yeah, might, yeah. Might, might talk about up. talk about two, the year two thousand. Christian and Lacuna Coil. Yes, yeah, I played with both of those bands in Milwaukee. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, Decker was high on the Christian back then. <laughs> like when they when they first came over. Yeah, this fucking band is gonna be the best. Yeah, we were just talking about Decker earlier on uh, on on the. Not to not to veer off, but Don Decker on uh, Facebook, we were talking about. They posted, uh, what's the guy Jim Root, who used to be in, who was in Slipknot, and the guy Corey Taylor from Slipknot. They were talking about forming a new band, and I said they should form a anal blast tribute band. Huh. And you know, R.I.P. Don Decker. And people started replying to me, "Oh, nobody on Blabbermouth knows anal blast," you know, and some people that's posting their anal blast demo tapes and their backstage anal blast passes and shit. <laughs> it was pretty cool, man. Don Decker, bro. Anal blast. I don't know what what took me on that uh, segue there, but uh <laughs> Oh, well we're talking about all these shows and these 90s bands and uh, Milwaukee oh, yeah, Metal yeah, Fest, yeah. man. Don but De- yeah, Don, right. Don Decker rest in peace. He did a lot for the yep. scene. Um, and and you know who who knows uh, you know it'd be like you know those what if comic books man what if Don Decker had had never uh, contributed what he did to the scene because look where Slipknot is I'm not saying Don Decker invented Slipknot but there's a connection there man so yeah two of the guys were in Anal Blast Joey Jordanson mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, Paul Gray right was that guy Paul Gray I see I'm really out of fuck I don't know these bands Slipknot yeah I'm, I don't know this I'm not a hundred percent man but um. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. Well, we interviewed, I want to say it was when we interviewed Dwayne Timlin uh, of Viogression. He uh, had been in Anal Blast and broke some of that down. Mm. Um, so people can go back and check that out, actually, man. That's, that's I will a, check that out. I, I um, don't know why I missed him. Uh, but here we go. Saturday, September the 17th. This is important. NYDM, remember the Fallen Show. NYDM, Rockland County, Hudson Valley, and New Jersey chapters present public music event and benefit and celebration of the life of Scott Kerr, honorable and proud U.S. Navy veteran and longtime NYDM brother. Scott was well-loved on the East Coast music scene and beyond by bands and music enthusiasts alike. Event proceeds will benefit his domestic partner, Stephanie, as we support her through this time of need. Bands include Carnivore AD, Sapremia, Thanatonic Desire, Vinyl Meltdown at the Spot, 33 Route 304, Nanuit, New York. Okay, so that, that's an important one. Another important one for the local scene here and from uh, a very similar... 
um, neighborhood of the death metal community out here. Saturday, September 17th, uh, if you can't make that one, in Brooklyn, New York, now we got Back from the Dead Fest 2, Malignancy, oh, yeah. Pyrexia, Immortal Suffering, sure. Sick Bay, Tombstoner, Torn in Half, Coronary Thrombrosis, Cranial Damage, Intrusive, and Human Devourment, Exigent, a whole lot more, man. There's a lot of That's bands big... playing at, yeah. the, at the Sovereign in Brooklyn, Saturday, September 17th. Um, oh, wow. That's this Saturday. Yeah. Oh, shit. There's also a huge grindcore show going on. This is what I mean, man. In, in Brooklyn and in New York City, we're a little spoiled with the shows. There's everything going mm-hmm. on. You got mm-hmm. the East Coast Grindcore Alliance um, featuring Cartel, Vixen Moa, Thin, Skullshitter, Ixias, Fed Ash, Bandit, Chapang, Organ Dealer, Die Choking, Headliner. We've interviewed a, a couple of those people at Transpecos in Brooklyn, all right? Um, so there's a lot going on. Uh, there, there's there's even more shows if you want to hit up nycmetalscene.com. September 17th, a big day out here. Uh, but so Sunday, September 18th, um, Spider and Skullshitter uh, and Dragado at St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn. Skullshitter really uh, hitting it out there, man. Those guys do not stop. Yeah. We did a big, long episode with them, man. They're, they're a little crazy, but they're, they're the good kind of crazy. I like them. I'll be um, at the... Um I'll be at the Thetis Exsanguinated Stab show on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm strategically only announcing shows that are far away from that one. <laughs> <laughs> different markets. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, man, um, let me get let me get on. We got uh, Ice uh, Ice Age uh, Earth at the Brooklyn Monarch in Brooklyn, New York, Wednesday, September the 21st. Uh, that's an interesting one, man. Um let me see what else we got here. Lamb of God at the MGM Music Hall at Fenway, Boston, Massachusetts, Wednesday, September 21st. You ever been into Lamb of God, Rick? No, but I, we did play with them when they were burning the priest. Really? I do remember that. Wow, you got, yeah, a, yeah, you got yeah. a story for everyone? Man, that's crazy, yeah. man. What? Yeah. How, how big were they? That was, a, that was a metal fest, too, but they, they went on... Uh, you know, in the afternoon, sometime. I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think this is like ninety nine. So when did they become Lamb of God? Two thousand one, two thousand. So it was oh, like yeah. it was like right before that. So yeah, it was cool. I remember they they had some buzz at that point. So obviously. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, something that I think is a little more uh, your wheelhouse there, the Old Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel at the Fillmore in Silver Spring, Maryland, Thursday, September twenty second. Um, That'd be good. Didn't man. didn't you say? Weren't you gonna try to hit that up when it came by you? Um, there was there was a couple shows gonna be in uh, in uh, in Scranton, near not near me, but you know an hour twenty minutes from me. And it was the Queens Queensrÿche. Who are they touring with? Judas Priest. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Priest. Yeah, and uh, Megadeth. But Megadeth was opening for Five Finger Death. Can you imagine being Dave Mustaine and then they, they say you're gonna open for Five Finger Death Punch? I guess you know, you know, at that point you're making that kind of money. It's whatever, but <laughs> that's you know, that's that's a hard pill to swallow, I guess, for Mister Mustaine. I would love Five to. Uh, I would love to interview Dave Mustaine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that would be amazing. Yeah. But uh, maybe, would be amazing. maybe one day, man. But something happened a little bit more in my neck of the woods. Friday, September the twenty third, East Coast Collective Big Shout presents Murphy's Law, Last Call Brawl, la- Razor Blade, Hand Grenade, Caught in a Trap at Amityville Music Hall. Our friends over there. Um, and the ne- the next, I think this is what I was talking about. The next day, Friday, September the twenty third, Testament Exodus, Death Angel uh, in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. 
Um, oh shit! Uh, then I will. Then yes. What, what day is that? I will go to that. It's a half yeah, hour away from Friday, me. The, the listeners. Are, the listeners remember you saying this like two weeks ago. Write it down, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, September twenty third. Uh, Testament I'll Exodus, Death Angel at Sherman Theater in Stroudsburg, PA, baby. Um, uh, I got a couple of old OG shows coming up too, man. But. Uh, uh, and that same tour, by the way, that Exodus, Testament, Death Angel, the Saturday, the 24th, it's going to be in Times Square here in New York City. That's going to be bananas. Uh, I don't think I have it in me to go out to that one, man. Um, what, what venue is in Times Square now? Does uh, it say? The uh, Palladium. At hmm. Palladium Times Square. Oh, oh, oh that's the, I, I think that's the uh, Sony. It used to be the PlayStation Theater, and it's changed names a whole bunch of times. Okay. Over the years, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Cool. Okay, yeah, and then Tuesday, the twenty seventh, they're going to be uh, at Empire Live in Albany, New York. But a show, um, bringing it a little bit more down to earth here. We got Psychroptic, Fallujah, Interloper, Interloper, and our boys Cognitive. We've had Rob Cognitive. Warden on the show. Yeah, rush out to Big Rob. They're going to be um, at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, Sunday, September the twenty fifth. Um, give me one second. I just saw they're going to be. I think they're going to be in Brooklyn the 24th, right before that. Yeah, they're going to be at the um, uh, at 17 Meadow Street on Saturday, the September the 24th. Cognitive, Fallujah, Psychroptic, all those bands. That's a venue I'm not familiar with. We'll check it out. We'll let you know how it, how it goes. Um, the Melvins, uh, Irving Plaza, oh, Thursday, wow. September 29th. I mean, come on. They're doing it. They did it. That's that's a pretty big show. Um, Great place to see a show, man. Yeah, Irving man. Plaza. This this is a scary one. Friday, September the thirtieth, uh, at the old St. Vitus, you got Ascended Dead, Cemetery Piss, uh, Oxalate, and Infandus. Um, shout to Oxalate out there. Yeah, Zach Mild. Oxalate was awesome at that uh, that fest at Vitus, that Necro Fest, I believe it was called. Yeah, really yeah, put on a good yeah, show. Yeah, uh, hot out that day. I remember. Um, oh, yeah. Thursday, October 6th. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Full of Hell, uh, Blood Incantation, co headlining tour with Vermin Womb, Mortuous God is War at the Brooklyn Monarch in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, shout out to those guys. Glad to see they still got it in them. Um, this is one This is one very interesting because we recently had. Uh, shout out to Garrett Alvarado um, on the show. And we, we had a little uh, part of our conversation involved the idea of. Uh, metal in the indigenous community here in the United States. And we brought up this band who's playing Friday, October the 7th, uh, 2022 at St. Vitus in Brooklyn. Pan American Native Front um, is playing with two bands whose names I'm probably going to get wrong. Uh, uh, V-I-L-K-A-C-I-S and I-X-A-C-H-I-T-L-A-N. Uh, yeah, these are these, this is most probably uh, like a, an indigenous... Native you. American yeah, yeah, yeah. themed yeah, tour yeah. or or show, oh, which is really interesting to me. I like I'm I'm very um, I, I would check that out. I well. want to support this. I want to go through and see what it's all about. It's at St. Vitus, so we know it's going to be a beautiful experience. Um, awesome. So that that's cool, man. That kind of we we talked a little bit about that Friday, October the seventh, two thousand twenty two. Uh, that's going down at, at Vitus. Um, I, I gotta shout this out real quick. Saturday, October eighth, two thousand twenty two, annual benefit for ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, uh, at the Village Pub here in Lindenhurst, Long Island, New York, right around the corner from me. 25th Mission is playing. Have you ever heard of them? I have not. They're more of a traditional heavy metal thrash type of like band, very 80s-minded, uh, uh, guys of a certain age from that generation. Um, right. I, 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 I still got you, Rick? 
Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I looked into them a few uh, a while back because they, they kind of had a resurgence a few years ago, if I remember, and I looked them up. They, they guys that have been kicking around the music scene a while. 25th Mission, quickly, I want to recommend to the listeners, uh, a Long Island band that maybe is not exactly on the, the the mainstream of the underground death metal community and the and the tip of everyone's tongue. They're, they've kind of been playing some some shows like this, benefit shows and shows more in the like the commercial music, the, the working music circuit here on Long Island, but they're definitely a worthwhile while heavy metal band from from Long Island, 25th Mission. Maybe I'll even ask Tom to uh, to clip them in real quick. Tom. Tom uh, with the edit right there, um, 25th Mission, because it's, it's also for a good cause, um, annual benefit for ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, featuring 25th Mission, original gossip and more at the Village Pub in Lindenhurst, Long Island. That's Saturday, October 8th, um, so peep that. Um, uh, but we'll get back into it right now, man, because Saturday, October 8th, uh, if you're not around here on Long Island, you might be at the Starland Ballroom in New Jersey, mm. E-Town Concrete. Oh, Jesus. So yes. I guess that's where you'll be that day. It depends. <laughs> it, it all depends. If I can really make it out to New Jersey and take the drive out, I might do it. But the I, the fact yeah. that there's a show right around the corner, I might want to go see 25th Mission and benefit the um the, the charity just because oh, it's like less. it's like literally a 10 minute drive for me. And I'm I, this is true. This is true. I can't. Part of my part of my resolution to not be a gatekeeper in metal is accepting that I'm kind of lazy nowadays when it comes to late night <laughs> drives and metal shows. All right. So yeah, but man, I might make I'm it right out there to with you. There's there's a chance. You'll see me at E-Town. We'll see if I got to mow the lawn that morning or not. We'll see how, way, how early I wake up Saturday. <laughs> um, uh, all kidding aside, though, man, moving forward, um, Drowning Pool. That band's still around. Did you know that? Wow. <laughs> I just no. Went, they're playing Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, October oh 9th. If, if you're into that shit. If you're into that I'm kind merciful. of crazy weird shit. Um, That's the Bodies band, right? Yeah. Like the Bodies hit the floor? Yeah. yeah. But the guy who sang on that passed away very shortly oh. after. So like they're oh. still around off of that one single, and it's like a different. Uh, ah, it's, it's gotta be. A st- that's like that um, Static X. Did you hear about that? They're like touring with a guy that's. Uh, I don't know anything about Static X, but the, yeah. the guy Wayne Static passed away, and now there's a guy that's basically uh, cloning. You know, like aping that hit that guy, and mm. that, that that comes off kind of weird to me. You know, I don't know, man. I, I understand tribute, pay, uh, paying respect or paying tribute to somebody, but. It seems a little weird. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Um, I don't know, man. I was never a huge Static X fan. Um, yeah, not my thing either. I like beef jerky, but, you know. I like Xbox. The occasional the, the occasional energy drink, maybe, but I never dove that far, that far into the culture. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but listen, um, October 14th through October 16th, Mutilated Fest. Uh, inhuman Devourment, Sick Bay, Hedor, Carnal, Malignancy, Internal Suffering, Abyssalth at the King's Land in Brooklyn, New York. Internal Suffering, uh, um, originally from Columbia, performed oh, and located out of New York City at one point, apparently now back in the area. That's interesting, man. Internal Suffering, highly recommended. 
band. Friday, October 14th, uh, I'm going to have to be somewhere because I'm very fortunate that I'm in the band Exsanguinated, who's playing with Hierarchy, Undeath, Internal Bleeding, Sanguisugabog, and Suffocation um, at an East Coast Collective presented show at the Amityville Music Hall in Long Island, New York. Yeah, I have my ticket for that one. Yeah. That's going to be crazy, bro. Yeah. Crazy. He's got a ticket for ride, like the English guys used to say. Um, yeah. I'm ready for that one, man. It's going to be fun, man. We'll, we'll, Rick, you got to just help us help us load the gear in and out. We'll be able to yeah. go out and smoke. Uh, you know. I've never... Uh, hell yeah. I've, I've never seen Suffocation before. Really? I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I've never seen him before, and I've wanted to for quite a while. No better yeah. place to yeah. see him than Suffolk County, Long Island, because that's where uh-huh. it all started. Yeah, man. Um, that's like seeing uh, it's like seeing Run DMC in Queens or something. Rest in peace to JMS to J. Or 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 like a White Lion in Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh man, yeah, I can only yeah, imagine yeah. that. Um, but uh, unfortunately, they're not they're not doing that. However, here's an interesting one: Sunday, October sixteenth. If you're in Manhattan looking for something, they got the Toadies and Reverend Horton Heat. At Irving Plaza. <laughs> remember that? The Toadies? They had the- yeah, I remember the names. I remember Reverend Horton Heat as well. Uh, you mentioned that Judas Priest Queensryche tour that's going around now. Uh, and it's yeah. it's hitting um, the the newly renovated, I guess. Now, I haven't been to Nassau Coliseum since they reopened it, um, but they're hitting mm, that October 18th. Yeah, I heard it's really nice. Really nice. They made it smaller, more intimate for concerts and stuff, right? I, I'll let you know. I'm gonna. T- I'm probably yeah. gonna spend like about three hours talking about it at some point um, on, on on the show. But what I found interesting too is that uh, I, th- I believe it's Friday, October the twenty first. Uh, is it? Let me. I'm just. Yeah, Friday, October the twenty first. So a few days. It, this is. It's going down crazy on Long Island that week. October the eighteenth, Nassau Coliseum, Judas Priest, Queensrÿche. Very next day, October the nineteenth. Iron Maiden at wow. this at this Belmont uh, arena. Wow, that's UBS uh, arena. This Belmont yeah. arena. Yeah, I love it. There's competition on Long Island, bro. If that's not enough for you, that Friday, uh, um, as a bonus, the 21st, accept the classic German heavy metal band is playing in Patchog at Stereo Garden. <laughs> Holy so fr- you're oh, wow. Further east, classic Long 80s. There's going to be nothing but retired, drunk, retired police officers and correction officers in the crowd. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> it's so far east Long Island that, that uh, that's all they'll allow into the show. It's going to be Bro, that's amazing dangerous. that Long Island is getting that those three shows, man. That's great. In man. one week. All yeah. kidding aside, it's really going to be a crazy week for heavy metal in Long Island. I, I don't know that I'll make all of them, but I definitely want to see uh, Accept, too, man. Um cool. I have my maiden ticket for uh, Jersey. That's the 22nd, I believe, which I think is the same day as the Accept show, I believe. But okay. um, that's where I'm going to see Maiden, who's always amazing. And uh, that's that's it. So, And uh, I've never seen Priest. That's crazy to say. I've never seen Priest, but I would like to. I'm, Even though they got, it's like a cover man now, but still. Uh, you know they're going the way of a lot of metal bands nowadays, man. It is, you know. Yeah, what can you do? What can you do? Between between Judas Priest and Queensrÿche, I think there's maybe like four original, guys, three or three right, or four original right, guys. Right, you know, right. it's like you got to just accept it at the door, man. You know, it's it's yeah, no doubt. You either yeah. stay home and listen to the records, or you go you go see what what they're doing now. I you know I gotta say though, um, I saw Judas Priest. I got to see them. I want to say it was 2015 or so. So it was it, well, it wasn't too bad. I I enjoyed myself. Okay. Um, there is a dangerous one. Friday, October the 21st, Batushka, Hate, and Hideous Divinity at 23 Meadow Street, Brooklyn, New York. 
Um, Friday, October 20, 21st, it sold out. Chat Pile, we interviewed uh, them a while back. Mm. Scarcity, Psychic Graveyard, and Couch Slut at St. Vitus in Brooklyn, New York. Um, have you? What do you think about Sabaton? You into Sabaton? Sabaton. I honestly don't know. I've I've only I sound like a, a loser, but I've only seen pictures of that guy wearing that <laughs> that suit. Friday, That's it. That's the only thing I know about them. Friday, October twenty first. Uh, if you're into that um, uh, combat themed metal, um, uh, yeah. go go check them out, man. There's a lot of shows coming up, man. A lot of cool stuff going on. It really is, man. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm you know I'm just scanning here again. NYC metal scene. Um, if you want to get the 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 full. Um, effect, but Tuesday, October the 25th, if you're into that Accept talk, Accept is playing Gramercy Theater in Manhattan, New York, so I really love, uh, I don't know who books Accept, but the fact that they booked them in Gramercy Theater in New York City and out east Patchogue, Long Island, I really appreciate, man. That's beautiful. How is the venue in Patchogue? What, what is that place? I have never been to Stereo Garden. That's where Dying Fetus and Terror played a while back, a few months ago. Right. I, I was I was okay. upstate with Exsanguinated, unfortunately, man. But they, they don't necessarily have metal shows all the time, but they've had some interesting shows over the years, man, especially for East Long Island. You, you don't see yeah. bands go that far east most of the time. So I'm looking forward to that, man. Um... Uh, Napalm Death, Bruheria, Frozen Soul, MDC at the Music Hall of Williamsburg in Brooklyn, New York, October the 28th. That's a cool one, man. Um, and uh, just going along here, we got uh, that same, that Napalm Death, Bruheria, Frozen Soul, and MDC the next day, October the 29th in Manhattan, New York, man. So who who else could really do it like that, man? Um, but this is a good one, too. We interviewed Derkada a while ago. Uh, Derkada oh, yeah, is yeah. performing... Force yeah, yeah, yeah. of Darkness, Concrete Winds, Oath of Cruelty, Spite at St. Vitus in Brooklyn, New York. Derkada, one of the, um, uh, known to be one of the earliest uh, female-fronted uh, death metal bands. Uh, we talked to all, all female. Yeah, yeah, and all we, female. We, yeah, yeah, that's right, man. We, we broke it down uh, in, the, in the episode and talked about how that's not necessarily all they should be remembered for either. Great bands. Oh. Um, yeah. A lot going on. Now, a lot going on for uh, Monday, October the 31st. Um, you got... Uh, oh wow, this is funny, man! Witch trap and black mass at a secret lo- location on a rooftop. <laughs> so you gotta ask, you gotta ask around, bro. NYC metal scene is out here, bro. Uh, also, Gwar, light the torch, Crowbot, Necrogoblicon at Irving Plaza. If you can't find that rooftop somewhere, man, I like that. Um, what else we got here, man? There's some good shows coming up. Shout out to Inferi. I've been meaning to get Malcolm on the show. Um, uh, good guy I knew from years back. Inferi making moves out there. And Wormhole, former guests of the show. They're playing the Gramercy Theater in Manhattan, New York with Shadow of Intent and Enterprise Earth Thursday, the November the 3rd. Uh, a lot of shredding and wheedling that day. The same lineup's going to be in Hartford, Connecticut, Friday, November the 4th. That's a really good one to go to. Ken Mode, great band from... Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, up there in Canada, man. Saturday, November fifth, Ken Mode's playing in there in the old St. Vitus in Brooklyn with Frail Body. Um, what else we got here, man? Here's one for you, punk guys. We've been we're covering the punk a little bit here and there. Friday, November eleventh, two thousand twenty-two, Black Flag, TSOL, the Dickies, and Total Chaos at Brooklyn Monarch in Brooklyn, New York, man. The punks are going to be out for that one. Um, but also the same day, Venom Incorporated, I Hate God at Reverb in Reading, Pennsylvania. Is that by you, Rick? Mm. No, that's that's a ways away, I believe. Okay, but I Venom Inc. and I Hate God, huh? Is that is that what you said? The bill is? Yeah, 
Yeah. Interesting. That's a, that's an interesting one, man. I like that one. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of interesting, we just had Vinny Panza on the show. Not to, to this was oh, a yeah. different Vinny today. We talked to Vinny from Phobophilic today. We talked to Vinny Panza, my old friend, last week uh, from Brooklyn, New York, and he talked a little bit about his time playing drums in the legacy hardcore act Youth of Today, um, of which he was not the original drummer, but he spent quite a, quite a bit of time playing with them in the early 2000s. Um, no longer with them. He's pursuing his own projects, but we talked a lot about Youth of Today, which is an interesting band with a very original perspective on that episode. They're performing Thursday, November the 17th with the OG lineup um, with Glue, Combust, and Gel at the Brooklyn Monarch in Brooklyn, New York. That's going to be a classic punk hardcore show right there. Sounds like um, it. Probably going to sell out. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Um, Saturday, November 19th, 2022, Carnivore AD, Lockdown Reunion, Year of Confession, The Great Lie at Shakers Pub in Oakdale, Long Island, New York. <laughs> I am very intrigued that Saturday, November 19th, Carnivore AD is going to be at Shakers Pub. That's kind of crazy. That is crazy. I'm happy to say I saw Carnivore three times. Wow. So, yeah, 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 I think yeah, you yeah. Th I think you talked about that a little bit when we had you on the first time. Yeah, right? on Shaolin. Not to flex, yeah. not to flex, not to flex. Carnivore, that, yeah. Yeah, I, you caught me out I would here, check though. them out, see, see what these uh, dudes are sounding like. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Paul LaPlaca. I believe he uh, played bass for Carnivore AD for a little while there, our friend Paul LaPlaca. I think he was involved with them for a little bit. I'm not sure, though. I believe so. All right, man. Uh, bass uh, gunslinger out there on the run, man. Yeah, different yeah, bands. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so some more shows, man. There's a pretty big death metal tour some of our listeners might be interested in. Amon Amarth. Where do you stand on Amon Amarth? Do you do the Viking thing? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. I don't really know those guys. Uh, I played with them when in 2002. I, I flex again, but oh my uh, god, no, Rick, come on! I was at Lamore. That was at Lamore. That was a great show. That was uh, that was awesome. You can look at right. January 18th, 2002. I, but yeah, no, I'm not into them uh, too much. Although their arena show I've heard is pretty pretty uh, interesting, pretty good uh, spectacle with the big uh, boat, the ship, the Viking ship they have on stage, and all the the fans they row the the Viking ship while mm -hmm, they play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think Amon Amarth is big enough now, and I don't know. I'm not in their pockets. I don't know their budget. But I think Amon Amarth needs to start going the medieval times route, which for the listeners, if they don't know what I'm talking about, that's the 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 the, the medieval knights uh, on horseback themed restaurant chain. Yeah. I don't know how far that yeah. chain went. I know they had it like on the East Coast. I don't know if it was everywhere. still around. It's still yeah. around. I believe so, man. It was in yeah. movies like, you know, shit. So it was out there. People knew what that was. Amon Amarth is big enough that they just need to pick like their favorite a new thing village in Sweden where they're from or whatever and set up like a, an interactive Amon Amarth like restaurant where people will people will travel from all over the world to go to go to the Amon Amarth and the the guys can come out and sing the songs and there'll be Vikings and horses yeah, and the, yeah it'll be great like Steins, yeah. yeah they have a dedicated fan base they can sell That's all sure. the CDs and records and t-shirts right <laughs> out of the gift shop and they can do mail order I'm sorry guys I'm not really joking oh, pretty good idea call I, me I, it is a good idea yeah, sign them up. All right, I'll set them up uh, with that. You know, yeah. Personally, I think Staten Island would be a great location for the flagship restaurant. Oh, <laughs> Staten, <laughs> Staten Island is a perfect location for many things. Believe me, yeah, we can get it. We can get it down. Go down the list. All right, well, Rick. Let me test your knowledge about this. Did Gray Skies fall back, and did they ever perform with Zebra? 
No, I wish. Long Island's own zebra, right? Yeah, Long Island's bro. Own? I'm so glad you know what I was talking about no, there. No, no, but I, I know from uh, Baba Booey, Gary Delabate, that was his favorite band growing up, Zebra. They're playing the walking distance from where I live. They're playing the Paramount in Huntington Wednesday night. Yeah. I might have to go down. I might have to get some edibles, allegedly, and just go watch Zebra. Um, that place gets a lot of good shows. I'm not saying, I don't know about Zebra being a good show, but that place gets <laughs> good shows, man. The Paramount, I scan it. They get they get some of those big metal tour. Like I did see yeah. Slayer there once. I saw Judas right. Priest. I haven't been there in years though, man. Um, cool. If you're, if you're into some more commercial stuff, they they got big shows there, man. But I I you know I'm more excited about Stereo Garden right now with Accept. Right, right. But um, yeah, man. Uh, one last one I'm gonna squeeze in here, man. Rick, you've been good. Uh, appreciate your time, man. Sunday, November twenty seventh. Uh, Sunday, November 27th, um, uh, Exhumed, Holder, Vitriol, and Castrator at the Meadows in Brooklyn, New York, man. Um, and I know that Sunday, November 27th, uh, there's a big death metal show getting worked on for Long Island, New York, which is a different territory. So we're not we're not uh, conflicting anything here. So um, that being said, man, big shout to Vinny from Phobophilic, tonight's guest. We hope you pick up that new Phobophilic album and check out their back catalog and look for them on a fest or a tour near you coming soon, hopefully. Um, good luck with the van and everything else, guys. Rick, you've been a great uh, co-host tonight. I appreciate you having played with every single band I bring up at some <laughs> point in the 90s and being able to flex like that. That's great. Hey, man, thanks for having me. <laughs> you know, and uh, I always throw that out there, little bits of uh, useless information that only I care about. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. it's 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 useful to to um it's useful to me as I as I slowly try to try to have this cold war uh, amongst all my bandmates of who has the illest experiences, man. That's <laughs> that's what it's really about. It's not a, when you're in a band for a long time. It's not about uh, like co a friendly competition or having fun or expressing yourself. It's about kind of like this cold war of uh, being sicker than your than your bandmates and your friends. But um, who could be sicker? Yeah, yeah I, I digress, man. We learned who could be sicker tonight, and guess who else is us? Uh, Sicker than me, Tom behind the scenes, uh, and Justin behind the scenes, all the other heavy hole podcast correspondents. Shout out to Dave Gladding, Sam Sherrick, everyone else we work with. We appreciate that. And you, the listener, uh, heavyholepodcast.com. There's links there for all the social medias and the Patreon, which has bonus content. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, keep it coming. We're going to have another Staten Island themed episode, I think, coming up real soon, too, Rick. So keep, keep it locked for that. Um, go to your favorite Italian restaurant and tell them two bottles, all right? I'm here for it. Actually, you know what, Rick? I gotta lose some weight just like you. So make make instead of two bottles, make it one. Yeah, and we gotta lay off the pasta. Believe me, it's been hard. It's been hard <laughs> staying away from pasta. Yeah.